Oh, good. Uh, I guess I'll leave my video for now, uh, just just to be sure. Yeah, Rob's, oh, yeah. Rob's not running video either, so because uh, it's too early for him. So, uh, And he's got to keep up the mystique, because if, if we actually see him on camera, he can no longer be considered fake Rob Hunter. He will he will actually be real Rob Hunter. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I thought my camera was on this whole time. <laughs> oh, here you go. Well, here, just, um, just I'm, I'm, I'm on both the Wi-Fi at this place and my phone is plugged in with the uh, hotspot and they both seem to be running. So I'm going to let it, I'm just, I'm just let it run. Hopefully okay. I won't uh, disconnect. <laughs> okay. Should be good. If you do just, nice. just log back in. So, Vice, pretty much all we've got is extraction. Uh, and I, I told them I'm going to, I saw, I watched Wrath of Becky, so I might talk about that a little bit uh, if we have time. But otherwise, we're just going to do a deep dive on extraction. Same same rules, a little bit spoiler free. And uh, and then we'll go full spoilers. So Are we recording uh, now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There he is. Oh, look at so that. There's a, there's a movie called Wrath of Becky? Like yeah. the same Becky from... Um, when um the King of Queens try to kill her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sequel. It's a sequel. Yeah. It's Sean William Scott plays the 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 bad guy this time. So uh the goon is so first yep. she fought the, the the teacher would be a MMA fighter. Now she's fighting the goon. Yep. Wait, are you fucking with me? Is this a joke? No, is no, this, this a... is a real honest to God movie. I watched it this morning. It's a real honest to God movie. So they got a white girl, Becky, like serial anti-murderer. Movie franchise now? Yep. Shit. And the group that she's fighting this time, they're called the Noblemen. <laughs> Instead of the Proud Boys, they're called the Noblemen. And uh and it's uh they're always talking about femoids, uh, because women are soulless, and uh so they're a combination of women and, and androids. Um yeah, and you're gonna make me watch this right after this podcast. This is sounding too good. I I, I really liked it. I'm not I'm not gonna bury the lead here. I really liked it, but uh <laughs> And gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Action for Everyone for this here, June 18th, 2023. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, including Liam, who's father enough for all of us. Uh, and our special guest is celebrating his first Father's Day. So I will introduce him, but happy Father's Day, Rob. Uh, 
we'll get we'll introduce you in a sec but i just want to say happy father's day to you um i am as always your host mike scott if i sound a little different i apologize i had to use my backup mic because i actually broke my 700 dollars roadcaster right before we started recording today i ripped the mic jack right out of the right out of the body so i gotta get uh, i gotta get get to solder and to see if i can actually fix this thing because i'm guessing it ain't covered under warranty for that so um joined as always by vice victus on vacation vice how are you today yeah so if i sound off because i'm uh, on on site i'm in lovely portland maine uh and specifically i am broadcasting live uh, from the oxbow brewery uh, this is the brewing bottle company here you see all the, the barrel behind me. See, see, look, 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 look at this ambiance. Yeah, I will post a picture, but Vice actually has barrels and stuff, and he's got a beer in hand. So it's yeah. uh, the vibes are strong with Vice today. Uh, and joined by Liam O'Donnell. Liam, how are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this movie. I'm excited to uh, finally talk with Rob and Vice from location. Uh, what more could you ask on this lovely Father's Day? <laughs> and that takes us to our special guest this week. Uh, you know him as uh, the chief reviewer for Film School Rejects. You might also know him as my frenemy slash nemesis on uh, Twitter. Uh, Rob Hunter. Rob, how are you today, buddy? Oh, I am fantastic. Thank you so much for that uh, that intro. Um, and I do apologize in advance, too. I'm sorry that your first, second, and third choice is canceled on you this morning. But I'm very happy to be here. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. I wish you could have seen the look on my face when I worked my way down the list and your name came up. I was just, <laughs> oh, God, I can picture it. I can God picture it. Damn it. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, Rob and I, uh, we sort of first bonded online about our, our disagreements over a little film called Nobody. And it started a uh, it started a, a, a longstanding tradition that uh, that uh, I, I certainly enjoy uh, and makes my Twitter life much more enjoyable. But uh, happy to help. Man, I am so happy that you're celebrating. I know I don't I don't want to get any any details really. People can go on your Twitter, but I am so happy you are celebrating your first Father's Day. I know this is a very big deal for you. And so nothing but this is I'm not gonna be kind for the rest of the episode, but for this one minute, nothing, <laughs> nothing but love and, and happiness to thank you. Thank you. I, I will accept it and, and reciprocate with uh, cruelty coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so we do it. We don't have a ton on the docket today because honestly, uh, I think the movie that came out this week warrants uh, Rob is raising his hand. Oh, so before we get to extraction, I want to, if I, if I can take a quick second, I want to comment about, I listened to last week's episode. Where yes, you feedback, about, little talk back. Let's hear little, it. Little, little feedback. And I'm going to come in hot here. So two, two things. One, um, I, I, I want to comment real quick. I think the uh, both ambulance and 13 hours are underseen, but people who see them typically like them. So okay. I think the correct answer to underrated is the island. And second, second, Mr. Liam O'Donnell. Okay. When the island, when the island was referenced, you said live on the air, someone on Twitter. Yes, said it the was the island you. was top five bay. Quote insanity he said well, i haven't what? seen it since i opening. was that someone <laughs> it was me you son of a bitch uh, it was you um you know uh, my, my recall of what who and what is happening is uh decreasing rapidly uh no, by the minute that, that's fair but i, I, I honestly the, haven't seen passed. that one i haven't seen that one since opening night and it did i remember being like man did Bay make a mistake going to Spielberg? Like he's got to go back to Bruckheimer. Like I, I, there was just something off in the sauce, but I don't know. I'll revisit it. Like I, I love the action. 
but I also have very specific things I like with my Bay leading man. And Ewan McGregor is a chill dude. He's too chill. I need either the hero or the anti-hero to be on a manic cocaine trip in some measure in my my Michael Bay movie. And so someone needs to be, and and, uh, you brought up Bay, so I'm just going to say, I am revisiting Six Underground. I'm about an hour and 20 in. And I'm liking it more the second time because I'm realizing that number three, I can't remember that actor, is kind of doing the cocaine bay thing. And so I was like, oh, oh, okay. All right, I'm seeing something a little bit more here. Uh, And, you know, I think it will actually tie into some things that we could talk about on Twitter with Vice because I think watching that movie before being friends with Vice and you can see certain scenes that might feel rote from a uh, film watcher standpoint about, you know, soldiers and combat and stuff and it's just kind of it's all becomes a shorthand when you just watch a ton of these movies and you don't have the life experience and so you start to kind of devalue some of these things and so then actually you know i I, you know i watched that in what 2019 before this uh podcast started so now when i was watching it through and seeing the Corey hawkins story and seeing the uh the the ryan reynolds flashback to those things i was like getting a, a little bit more into the movie so it's it's rising up the ranks it still is is not pure bay to me when people say oh that is the purest michael bay movie i don't think they understand his appeal if they say that because it's definitely not his voice and reynolds does a little bit of that like sober-eyed moralizing which kind of is against his superpower of being like immoral anarchy so that that is that's actually what i found is it's not so much the snark mind virus It's that Reynolds wants to clearly always tell you what side of the line his morals are. And I like that in Bay, I just have no idea where he's fucking going. And that's one that climbed up for me too. So, so I like it. I like it better than I did, but um, I still have to finish it. And uh, it is, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous looking movie and and great stunts. And it's it's also one of the images. It's got very sexy images. It's one of Bay's strongest openings too, because it's got a great opening chase and then has the wisdom to kill off James Franco immediately, which is great. (laughs) <laughs> it's uh it's the other franco isn't it oh yeah yeah sorry sorry <laughs> all the same whichever kill a kill a franco you get a plus for me so I was, except I was, killing, well, killing, I... killing dave would make allison brie sad and nobody wants to make allison brie sad so um well might as well uh, add since we're on the subject uh i always like that uh cory hawkins in system ground he's like uh people are like all the black characters in big movies are like weird but he's like he's like looking at uh, uh what's his face he's like Shut the fuck up! Like I like that part. He's like, he's like the clear-minded. Like this is stupid. Go back to the, go back to the movie. Not you. It's not about you. <laughs> but uh, but oh, I might as well add. Yeah, just because we'll, actually we'll, we'll, we'll into it with this is that um, when I saw the Underground, I made a whole article about it. I saw it in uh, the Ipic Theater here in New York, like the most expensive theater. I get the country. Um, and it's like it had like prime service. They had like they had like filet mignon on the menu and shit with like, beer Ooh. and stuff. It was it was ridiculous. But you know. I go to this. I I went to go see a fucking Netflix movie like this. Like I, I wanted to like fully em- embody the immoral debauchery of a Bay movie, and I think I got. I, and, then, and then in doing so, when all the uh, soldier shit happened, I kind of had like a existential crisis. Like it was, it fucked me up really bad. <laughs> like I, I I got home. And I had like I had to write the article. I like I had to get, had to, like, get out of me. It was so weird. It was so, so surreal. But that's part of his magic, you know. And, and so, but also just the fact that I've seen, along with all that, seeing a Netflix movie in a theater, that is like a very strange experience in its own right. That, uh, oh wait, these can be real movies. And it's like, we kind of, as you mentioned, devalue 
some of the stuff that should be like you know prestige well or not prestige but like a uh, mainstream stuff and so that gets to today but we'll, we'll get to the details with the what well, i saw extraction too yeah you, you, you saw today's movie in, in a theater too right yeah yeah they have yeah, yeah nice. I, I mentioned last last week in uh the paris theater a famous theater here in new york that uh got kind of run down but then again bought by netflix so i saw it there nice. and i think that you know as we'll talk about it attitude experience as well just like you know we're all the same we talk about you know we're we're basically we're a dtv x movie podcast you know but we also like get into the theatrical like why i, I want to i guess the stress my point would be today is that um why action is important for big screen stuff and like it's one of those one of the examples of it even though it's on netflix <laughs> The only thing I have to to add to that is, uh, Liam, I will say, going all the way back to the island, I I think the thing that makes Ewan McGregor work in that movie, spoilers for the island, is when you meet the real Ewan McGregor, the the real character, and he's such a, like, yuppie, yuppie sleazeball. And I I think your typical Bay actor, I don't know, would necessarily be able to pull off that transition. I forgot forgot completely about that. So, yeah, like you said, I I have to revisit it, but... I, I just still go with, you know, The Rock, Bad Boys 2, Pain and Gain, 13 Hours, Ambulance. Like, that's five right away. So I, I just don't see how, uh, you know, the island can, can uh, that, get that, that's I think I think for me, it's it's the Bad Boys 2 that falls down for me. And we, I'm not going to get into the whole thing why it's all understandable. But so that's 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 fair, though. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you remember that Will Smith uh, comes out of a clan robe with a burning cross behind him? <laughs> Because you should remember that. <laughs> I, I I do. Thank you, though. Yeah. Do Do you also remember the entire scene where they're tripping balls and it's it's just absolutely the height of Bay cringe comedy? I I, I laugh at it. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Because I'm you're a child. Vulgarian. You're I'm a sorry, child. I'm a Vulgarian. Yes. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a perfect segue into our movie this week, which is, of course, debuting on Netflix. Uh, date dropped Friday, also in theaters. Uh, dropped in some theaters last week. I believe it's still in theaters this weekend because you saw it on Friday, right, Liam? No, I. So I, I got to see it at the uh, DGA uh, theater. So that it, it, it was just randomly just checked the website and I saw. Oh my God! It's uh, it's playing Thursday night. I think is when I went. And uh, I, I friend of the show, uh, Joshua Cordes, who, uh, you know, lives closer to that. I, I and he was available. So we, we met up and we went to the DJ theater. I usually go there for other stuff that I talk to you guys. I haven't really done many screenings, so I'm not really sure what the crowd usually is like, but it was pretty empty. You know, it was probably like, I don't know, 20 people in, in, in this huge theater. So, but we had great seats right in the middle, uh, best seats in the house, to be honest with you. And uh, and it was fantastic. It was just exactly the type of setting that I would want to see that movie. And I, I'm glad I couldn't pause it. I'm glad I, I, I was strapped in for the whole time. So yes, uh, Extraction 2, it is on Netflix. Um, so we'll do this as usual. We will, uh, we will kind of go with some spoiler-free thoughts and then we'll go spoilers because we want to do a deep dive on this one. I think there's a lot to talk about in this movie. Um, I think there's a lot to kind of talk about in comparison to the first one, but but let's get some general thoughts first. Rob, let's let's go to you first. Uh, I read your review, but for people that maybe didn't read it, uh, go ahead and, and kind of tell us your initial thoughts on it. Uh, well, I mean, I am a fan of the first. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's got issues. The, the issues with the first movie pretty much carry over to this one, which is uh, with the script, uh, Joe Russo's script. I think I think all my problems with it, for the most part, other than a couple of CG bits, are uh, issues with the script. But everything else, though in this new movie to me is just absolute aces. And I think in a year that didn't uh, include John Wick four, it would be looking at like my number one action movie of the year. 
Um, it just is uh, when it when it pauses, it pauses with some interesting character beats, but then it picks right up again. It's got two major set pieces, well, three, I guess. But those first two, they go on for a considerable amount of time. Um, they're just, I don't know, they're just exciting. They're, they're visually, they're exciting, which is something I don't get enough of. It doesn't, it doesn't feel repetitive at all. It just keeps going, keeps going, but in a good way. Um, Micah, you, you might have a problem with that because I know you didn't like that John McFour kept going. So I'll be curious to see what you think. But um, yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. I, I think uh, um, uh, Hemsworth is probably one of the best of the American uh, action stars. Because even removed, he's from Australian, him. bro. Well, I'm talking American movies, though. He's, he's <laughs> a big star in American movies. Um, but he, he's, he's, you know, he's, he just embodies um, like a believability to him. And but then also character. He's not just like a muscle bound freak. He's, you know, he's got the muscle. He's got the physique. But he's also got the character. He's got the the, the acting chops. I think to get across a lot um, with minimal dialogue, which is really what you want from your action star in the first place. So, but yeah, for, for me, I, I think it just was was terrific across the board. Again, minus some script issues. Big fan. Vice, your initial thoughts. Oh, man. Uh, it's I fucking love it. Um, and it's like, well, here's the thing. Everybody's like, people who didn't like the first one, usually they'll like, they'll stay, they'll, I'm seeing, they'll like this one more um, because it's not racist and slow burn and um, 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 ugly looking. But like, I have... Uh, so I mean, we have very specific biases and preferences by action movies, even with the, within us on the podcast. And I mentioned before, I love this uh, the uh, black coffee kind of action movies, where it's like a, it's it's kind of like the writing is kind of bad, and it looks kind of bad, and it feels bad to watch. But like, like that's part of the flavor of it. It's like like it's supposed to like make you feel like you're, you're seeing people get murdered. Like that shouldn't never escape your mind, even in this fights of fantasy fiction. So you have to, even though it's cool to see, like you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy chop up all these those mutants, like 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 candy or or, or pinatas in the in the comic movie, it also you should know that it sucks to put a knife in someone's jugular, and it's not supposed to feel good too. You gotta have both of those kinds of things in movies, for acting movies. So I like that about the first one. It's like it's like this big white dude killing all the Indian dudes and like for for money. Like this <laughs> shit sucks. Like these are these are not good people. And like. But also, just like a, at the same time, it has its own kind of um, weird morality to it with Randy uh, Puda as like the uh, the, the counter uh, rake, like 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 he's a similar man, a similar path with a similar you know whole family thing going on. So even without all that like nasty stuff, that has like a oh, this guy's a human too. So I like that nastiness for the first one. That's all kind of excised for the most part in this like, in this movie, more in favor of the full on action propulsiveness, which is fine. Even though it, it still does get pretty dirty to, in its own right, which I do appreciate, we'll get into. Um, so my that, that, that's all saying that um, when people talk about the uh, the script problems or the uh, writing problems of movies, I, I always think it was like, well, this is the kind of movies they are. Like at the end of the day, like we, you know, the dad movies or the uh, conservative quote unquote action hero movies, like that's what they still kind of are. So you know, it, it's, like it's not, we're not we're not watching shafts, you know, like this is still big white guy gunning down a, a, a armies of thugs. So, like, I don't want to say I give it a pass, per se, but, like, that's part of the, the cloth of these movies. So, to yes, it's, yes, objectively speaking, the writing is as good as, like, you know, I don't know, Fury Road or whatever. But, like, that's not the point of these fucking movies, to, like, be good that way. And I, I, that sounds like I'm trying to make an excuse for the movies like this, but, like, no, that's the flavor of the movie. It's, just like, this bare bones thing. But to that point, even then, though, like, when it is time to, like, put the meat on the bones of it, people like Hemsworth. And the other uh, the, the judge can pull it off, like the his, his subplot there with his family, or his past. 
he pulls that stuff off. That, that makes it, that gives it the depth to me, even though it's still on paper pretty thin. So yeah, like I really love this as a story. I really appreciate this movie making they taking the time to give it as much depth as a uh, programmer can can have. But but you know, I I it, that like you mentioned the whole stuff with the soldier stuff and base stuff. Like that stuff for me is still here. What is here for me? In fact, too, along with all the fucking dope action they want to talk about, like the one and the and the and the gym fight and the and the you know the the, 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 the copter gunfight. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah I, that's that's what movies about. About see a dude have a gunfight with a helicopter, and win. Like all that shit is there. It's, it's, I love that shit. Yeah. So yeah, I really two movies this year where that's happened because there's a major scene in Patan where they do that too with same guns, oh, same thing on top of a train. Yep. So well, wait, so that's so uh, Kandahar, which we didn't get to talk, oh we didn't get to talk about because uh you know the the, the vacation. But yeah, with Jerry Jerry Buff Dollar the beefs him too. Like this is yes. So it's the year. It's the year of shooting down helicopters with machine guns. I love this theme. Let's <laughs> let's let's keep it going for 2023. <laughs> I did. I did want to ask. Like I know there's that exploding helicopter account on Twitter, but like, is does this movie have the record for the most exploding helicopters? Because it, it's got to be up there. There is. There is just. They were just blowing up left and right. Uh, well, there. Hmm. Certainly, oh. I think Firebirds probably uh, probably beats it. Um, <laughs> Uh, you're right yeah 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 um all right well that liam uh your initial thoughts uh i mean yeah i i almost want to just go past my rave review because there's nothing new i can say to it and get into some of the stuff that you guys were digging in but i will say yeah like hemsworth is like it's just like the dude was like built in a lab to be kind of the perfect fucking you know movie star and and he there's a li- he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, I also like the first extraction. I haven't rewatched it. Um, you know I I, I don't love that um, that di like you know piss colored lens thing, but like it 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 also fit the the movie. I got I got what they were going for. Um, it hit at the perfect time. I think we've talked about that. That it's like. To me, it was sort of um, the angel has fallen. Uh, no, no, sorry, Olympus has fallen for Netflix. Like it was like, oh, you guys found what you should be doing. This is great. Like this is exactly it. And um, and so you know, uh, t- hearing about all the stories in this one and where it was going and seeing this stuff with the helicopter landing on a fucking train. And I remember seeing on the trailer, it's like, and I watched it with Cortez, who's a VFX kind of master is a great animator he knows everything and we both like turned and looked at each other during that scene because you just know it like oh you know in some of these shots there's cg copters there's there's one that's iffy but that that's a real fucking helicopter we both just got you know super excited so there there's just so many different little moments um in the movie that we we're both cackling and howling and, and it really delivered and i think you know you could make the argument it's got Bet, like better rhythm to the action than maybe John Wick for. I get that uh, argument. You know, it does everything. Always does move and pop kind of exactly where you want it to to, to do in the scenes. Nothing ever really feels like it overstays its welcome to me. Um, but it's very different as far as you know martial arts in hand to hand and what you're seeing. Um, but again, it, it, getting to the negative reactions from certain people on the internet about like this being some type of lazy cash in. And I'm watching Chris Hemsworth, who's many times a multimillionaire who can do comedy, by the way, Mm -hmm. incredibly funny. He could do comedy. 
He could do drama. He can do anything. But he's like, no, I'm going to go hang out with my buddy Sam and fucking beat the shit out of myself in extended one-take combat in the middle of Eastern Europe for six months. And it's like, what a lazy asshole. It just fucking made me so mad. Uh, and so we'll, I'll start there and, and, and hit the ball back to uh, whoever else wants to talk. And we can we can still get angry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about yeah, like, look, look, uh, like I mentioned some of the script stuff. Like, like, this is a basic ass action movie. Like, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the departed. It's not fucking some like, you know, it's not a serious drama. But yet, you have people like Lucius Ferrani and uh, Adam Bessa, actual legit world class like uh, international dramatic superstars. They came here too to do this, this dope ass action shit. Like, this is not this is not a step down. This is not a uh, denigration for them to be in. They elevate the art of action that we were talking about. Like they're here, they're serious actors, just like Hensburg, taking this stuff very seriously and going for it and they put their heart in. Like, like, uh, like the fact that the two characters, the Yaz and Nick, Shifty and Adam, like they have like they're full on characters now. This time they're not just like ancillary like uh backgrounds. They're like they're in the they're in the mix doing hardcore action shit, and they're fucking great at it. Like like everybody is like this is like ah, it's so frustrating when people just kind of cast this stuff off as like a uh, action fodder. Like you know like uh, like like it's like because it's it's because at the same time it is strange because that is really what it's trying to do. It is trying to be this like you know back when back in like the nineties like the Friday Night Cinemax or HBO like action movie, the programmer, like that's this is this is what this is that same vehicle of what those were. But like it's just that it's so good that it feels like it, it feels like it transcends that in some ways it does, but it's like, like this is I don't this is a very difficult thing to to describe. It's like um being better than some of your parts, but like your parts are still like made to be like um I don't know, basic. it's, it's a very strange feeling. Like uh, I mean maybe it's a compliment that fucking people are bringing up. Fury Road and stuff because it does it to me it's insane it's like yeah. it, it, but it it, it it does feel like that sort of genre tourist thing where you just bring up the big famous yeah. movie to hold every new release against when you're just sort of like uh, you know what why, why are we talking about the raid why are we talking about Fury Road why can't yeah. we just why can't you, why don't you have the vocabulary to discuss this movie on its own terms without judging it against these like pinnacles of yeah. of action that that are ne neither here nor there and, and and to its credit though like the movie does kind of directly reference those the uh, landmarks like the uh the opening riot prison fight it's a direct parallel to the raid twos where, like it's like almost a challenge to it even but like it's it's great but like it's but it's not because it's trying to be a great drum maker it's like trying to like that's kind of the, the game of the action the action stunt crews and the action hero like they like say sparring this movie is flying with those those great action movies like that, you know. It's like because it's of that weight class. Um, oh, and before I go, it's like uh, the the, the uh, metaphors from before, like you know how like a uh, dynamic four, like it's like a banquet, whatever. You know, like uh, extraction, like one one and two. It's like a it's a wagyu beef burger. It's like it's the yeah. most premium beef you can find, but still a burger. But like <laughs> it's weird, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. It's like premium prime wagyu. Uh, delicacy in a burger <laughs> well we, we didn't hear from our from our host so let's throw it to mike mike what were your thoughts before i hijacked everything <laughs> no you're good you're good um first i i do want to say um one thing uh because rob brought it up that i had a criticism of john wick that it kept going and going 
So I rewatched John Wick 4 with Kelsey last night because she hadn't seen it. I got I got my Steelbook UHD and number one, that UHD is fucking beautiful. It is it is a reference quality 4K disc. Um I I I but just like such a better experience watching it than than when I saw it in the theater. And because of that, the movie played so much better for me. I mean, I liked it a lot beforehand, but I think I I finally got that vibe that everybody that was was saying that it it wasn't too much i felt that last night i i i was just like okay now i i'm i'm really instead of the fights wearing me out i was able to just take in the fact that chad never repeats himself in any of those fight scenes like every like 200 guys that get killed they get killed in different ways and with different techniques and stuff like like just the astronomical difficulty in making that many murders not get boring <laughs> I, I i was I, and, and it, i'll fully admit it also helped that i got to pause it in the middle and go take a dart break and and then come <laughs> back in and enjoy you know we paused it right after the adkins fight went out had a dart you know had a uh, had a non-alcoholic beer came back in and and like was like okay now i can enjoy if the movie it had we've talked about this before if the movie was like an indian movie and it had a fucking intermission when i watched it in the theater it probably wouldn't have bothered me so anyway point being john wick has gone up from four and a half stars to a solid five stars absolute masterpiece loved it um, ah, it's just I just got a chill. I just yeah, got a chill yeah, up my spine of love. Yeah, just absolute, <laughs> absolute masterpiece. Just and I and I had a hunch it would. I mean, I think I even remember saying on the episode that I'm like, when I see it again at home, I know I'm gonna like it more. I'm just at the point I just really hate going to the theater. I, I, you know, I, I just it just I don't like it. Um, anyway, that being said, that leads into extraction. I think it's important for me to lay my thoughts out on extraction one here, which is I am the guy that really did not like extraction one. Um, I thought the oneer was technically impressive. I thought the movie itself was uh, a mediocre amalgamation of Man on Fire and Strike Back that was less than both of those movies. Um, so it did next to nothing for me. Extraction two is better in every aspect uh i i went in i went in because when liam for people listening when liam loses his shit about a movie he is sometimes so insufferable about it that i feel like sometimes i have to like bring a critical eye to it just so that there's some balance on the podcast i try because it's it's boring podcast if all we're gonna do is all just rave about a movie and be like yeah this is so good it you know this this movie is so good it actually climbed off the screen and blew me it was so amazing you know like that's this just a boring... I, I disagree i think everyone loves the circle jerk <laughs> um so i went into this with a very very critical eye fucking loved it i loved it this thing is amazing this thing is so goddamn good this is everything i wanted the first extraction to be um i thought i thought the action was was massively improved not that the action was bad in the first one but this is so much better so much and it was really nice watching it the same day I watched John Wick because I could just see again that eighty-seven eleven creativity on display. Hargrave uses so many different styles of action in this movie that it never gets boring. No fight scene ever gets boring. No, no action scene ever gets boring or goes on too long. Um, because I'm always looking for something new in it, and there's always going to be something new in it. 
I actually think as impressive as the oneer is, I think one of the other scenes is actually a more impressive scene because it's not a oneer. Um, but the oneer again, from a technical standpoint, it's just incredible what they pulled off. Um, so yeah, my my short thoughts are, I I loved it, and you know it has Olga in it. Of course, I loved it. So um, you know, like I I. Yeah, this one, this one's, this one's top notch. Liam. So uh, when I was freaking out because we're, there, there's this one horrible fucking review written in Guardian by a complete hack who uh, just like it's a lazy review and he's talking about a streaming movie made to extract cash, which doesn't even make sense. Uh, so uh, it's indefensible, and if you so if you wanted to defend it, you you made a fool of yourself. Uh, but it's an indefensibly bad review. And he just, for whatever reason, says that Olga's emoting is like piteous emoting. I was watching the theater because obviously I saw it Thursday before a lot of the reactions. And I thought it was career best work from her. And I cried at the end when in their scene. And then I'm seeing that and I'm like, ah, it just made me so mad because, you know, one of those type of reviews, they get passed around. It's going to, someone is going to, it's going to land in front of her in some way. And I was like pissing me off that that was going to ruin her even a moment of her weekend after having like a great scene like that. You know what I mean? So it, that 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 sent me on a on a rage spiral. But I do just want to say I thought you know uh, that she was great, and I get everyone's upset that she uh, didn't do any action. But I think that that's the awesome thing about this movie is that it treats action actors like real actors and it gives them real opportunities to do things. So, I mean, that's what I loved about it. Well, it's I, would also, also, I would say also about that review in the guardian that, that, that as someone who writes a lot of reviews and reads a bunch, that one sounds like that reviewer came up with that title first, then watched the movie and then wrote the review like that. Like they, they were immediately at, like that dig, that, that title dig is what they were after in the first place. But I, I agree that that's absolute bullshit. Olga, I love her. I don't care. She's only in three minutes of the movie. Um, I think she nails exactly what she has to do in her relationship with him. So it's, it's he, he, that reviewer is obviously full of shit. Yeah, Mike, can we get the spoilers now? Because actually, I want to go start from this point. Actually, yeah, we can we can do that. Um, I, the only thing I'll say before we get into spoilers is, as the resident Olga expert, hashtag Criterionco collection. Um, don't forget, she did not start in action, too. She's a legitimate, like, award-nominated actress. She came to action later. Like, if you watch her earlier movies, they're, they're highbrow French dramas. Like, she she came to action later. So, um, anyway, yes, we are now going to go into spoilers in three, two, one. All right, Vice, go ahead. So, yeah, so part of this is, uh, I don't I don't recall how deep it goes into in the first film, but in part two, especially to the, the backstory of Tyler Rake and his family and his ex-wife. Um, and so the whole thing is that um, he kind of, he was a former Australian Special Forces dude, um, you know, towards an Iraq, Afghanistan, and all that stuff. But he had his, his uh, son or a child was, was uh, terminally ill. And so as he deploys to Afghanistan and leaves his terminally ill child, and he, of course, passes away while he's deployed. So the whole, and that, and that of course, destroys the marriage, essentially, um, from then. So then for them, of course, he's like, the destroyed, you know, that's what that's the, the origin story of the uh, the uh, hearted and mercenary. You know, he once was a family man, but now he's like, now he's just doing it for money because he has no 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 future. You know, that, that's the whole thing. And I, you know, that review kind of they mock that this 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 device, like you know, like a what does he call it? Is a, the way he's he's nagging at him because of his suboptimal behavior in the marriage. That fucking child died. 
like it's so and again we mentioned the, how some of this like stupid X movie stuff gets on a deeper deeper level like uh i've told the story before like when i when i, I got out you know i mean 2016 and i went to a uh, fest and i saw a uh, headshot there Timo Tonto's movie and that was like an exorcism it was like it got some shit out of me that i couldn't get out anywhere else i've seen this crazy ass action in parallel with the real carnage that's on my head it, got, it helped me get out so stuff like this is like um I didn't tell my mother I was in Iraq the first time, 2007, 2008, until about nine months in. Uh, I called her one day just to just check on her and you know, send her some money. I told her, hey, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm in Iraq. I tell her for like, almost a year. Because I, you know, I didn't want her to worry. Like, and also, you know, like this stuff at home was not good at the time. Uh, this family members kind of still kind of getting, getting things together uh, money-wise or health-wise. So when, when I see shit like that and these, these Silly acts movies, quote unquote. That shit is so real to me, because that's how that's what it feels like. It's like you gotta escape this shit, like you gotta like get away. And the only way for some a lot of people like is doing like you know, going out and uh going out being a hard charger, you know, going out and uh, facing the world and shit, you know. So like that, I just, I just, I, I, I that's why I started writing in the first place, and that's why I'm here doing like acts movie stuff, because some of these people who are professionals who are doing this shit for years, decades, even. Do not know what the fuck they are talking about. Like, I, I, I cannot. It angers me that they get paid for doing this shit. And they don't know what they're talking about. So that's why I'm here talking about shit like this. I'm trying to like help people understand where the movies are coming from, how they can uh, relate, uh, resonate with people. You know, you know, you don't have to resonate. You don't, you don't have to have that experience at all. You know, you just, you can just take the expressions of a fun, cool action movie. That's, that's great. But just know that for other people, like this stuff works just as well as any, anything you might see in a, in a Oscar winning you know, or best picture uh, uh, pantheon. It's like this stuff works, you know, it's, it's part of it. You know, again, I, I, get to, I get to exercise that emotion while seeing the guys through the helicopter down. Like that's, that's part of the, that's what makes it magical, you know? That's, that's, that's what makes it work. <laughs> can, I, can I take a couple of minutes to be a little bit of a scold here before we get farther into the movie? Um, I thought all you guys accomplished this week with that review was you Streisand affected it. Um, to me, <laughs> to me, it, it 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 came across as when a major outlet writes about horror and all the horror fans get get all bent out of shape about it. We know Extraction Two is good. Reviewers like Rob write great reviews about action movies all the time. I would have loved to have seen even one tenth of. Uh, as much platforming for Rob's review as I saw platforming for that Guardian review. So Action Twitter, I'm sorry. My take is do better. Platform platform the good reviews. You guys, you guys just strice it. I would have never seen that Guardian review if if everybody hadn't put it in my timeline 57 fucking times. Um, this is what Mike, this is what Mike has in charge. Wisdom, yeah. So so mm -hmm. yeah, I I just I I'm not trying to be a scold, but I just I I thought that 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 was a misfire for our little community this week. Yeah. Um, we should definitely take heed of that. You're right. Yeah, just that, yeah. But you know, I just hey, I got pissed me off, man. I all I can say. I, yeah. I got well, it's, moment. it's very fun to be angry, and I'm not gonna <laughs> apologize for that. I, I'm not, not I'm not asking for an apology. I'm just asking balance it out by by giving as much air to the good reviews. Give as much yeah. air to the good writers and the good reviewers as as everybody gave to the bad reviewers this week. Yeah, uh, that's that's all. It's just not the way the internet works, unfortunately. <laughs>
but you um, see me tweeting like twice a week now instead of 57 times a day. I know. I, I'm currently on a break too. So, um, so can, can I jump in real quick? I want to reference uh, my comment earlier about the, the script. I, I have zero problem with action movies that have like dumb scripts, like, you know, dumb dialogue, dumb plot contrivances, whatever. That to me is fine. That's, that's part of the genre. My issues with this one is uh, the Joe Russo script. It got into these elements that aren't, you know, dumb. It's like getting into the the, the backdrop, the background flashbacks to the, uh, the the bad guys, you know, childhood, that kind of stuff. I think that stuff is dealt with quick once and you move on. But this one kept digging back into it again, um, adding to a running time that didn't need it. I would have rather stuck with the, you know, the other characters. Um, same thing with uh, with Hemsworth's situation with his kid. Hemsworth sells so much of that so beautifully. Um, both in his scenes with uh, Kurilenko, but also just when he's talking to the other kid about it. Um, he sells it in the stuff he's saying and in his expressions and stuff like that. But the movie still decides, you know, to try and make this heavier thing about connecting the, you know, the, this son here to his own son that is just not needed, again, in the running time because we get it. We absolutely get it through Hemsworth, period. We don't need the extra stuff. So that's kind of more what I'm talking about with the script. Yeah. Those were kind of like the, the dips for me um, in what was otherwise... For me just working beautifully again between the action between the other characters the other performances you know aces but those beats i just felt like okay this is this is trying too hard so it's not dumb action movie writing it's just um maybe maybe the opposite of that maybe trying to be pretty bit pretentious a bit deeper it just doesn't work because of the writer i don't know who might have say that joe russo is not a good writer um but you know just something there is not working so that's more what i meant by the script issues and they were very minor um i rewatched the movie again it's still very minor. Um, it's just not something I would, you know, want to focus on. Uh, whereas the rest of it is just Jeff's kiss. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of agree with you there, Rob. In that, that, especially that I think that the things that work, the things that Vice was talking about, this this impactful stuff, it works because of Hemsworth. It's mm -hmm. not on the page. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, you know, like one of my favorite scenes, the the. The scene that really got to me in this one is is when he's talking to to Mia to Olga, and she's asking him why he left, and he he starts stumbling through and saying, "I was needed to do this," and I, I and then and then he just kind of stops and goes, "I I just couldn't I couldn't fucking fix it." And look, um, I'm sorry, there is nothing that is a nothing burger of a scene until Hemsworth and yeah. Kurilenko knock that out of the fucking park. Like like I I think. I think there's I think there's a profundity there that Russo's reaching for that he doesn't hit. I think Hemsworth and Kurilenko yeah. hit it for him. Yeah. Liam's Liam's shaking his head on that one. I mean, look, I, I'm all about uh bullying writers and keeping them in their place, but it's still pretty well written scene to me. And 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 the line you said is written. So I mean, yes, it's great performing, but I just don't want to completely say it just happened by accident. <laughs> no it didn't happen by accident and obviously we're pro wga here but also i am not going to give credit to joe fucking russo Why the man not? behind everything Why that's not? wrong with hollywood well listen listen like, look, look, yeah. look the funniest part about the russo thing on this because you know uh, uh fans of the show know uh, defended the gray man when everyone was acting like it was the worst movie ever made. But it is kind of funny that these guys worked with all of these dudes and, and they kind of saw the extraction thing as like, they're like, you know, that's our like B thing that we'll have our, our stunt coordinator do. We're going to do the gray man. And it just feels like, you know, 
they kind of maybe bet on the wrong horse. Yeah. <laughs> <And like, laughs> the extraction is, is obviously just feels a lot more popular and, um, and well-liked. Although I still think the gray man uh, for general audiences, people, people liked that movie. Yeah. It is completely um, fine. The gray man. Yeah. yeah. It's completely fine. It's just, this is this. Uh, and, and, and you, you know, budgets and everything. I, I think, uh, obviously these these were smaller scale movies that are growing bigger and bigger and i mean we, well, look at this what are we an, an hour in and we haven't even talked about fucking stringer bell is in this movie <laughs> fucking slamming stellas with chris hemsworth that is possibly could be uh you know playing fucking james bond in the third one i mean uh, <laughs> just keep it going keep getting bigger and better i mean it's uh it's a really exciting franchise so uh look uh, I I I I I put my head in the sand when the Russos were talking about like the future of entertainment with AI and all that <laughs> those garbage quotes that uh, I was just like I'm gonna take the L here. So then as soon as they have a win, I pop my head back up and I rah rah rah. So uh, <laughs> look, g- great job producing uh, another another great uh, action movie to uh, t- to the brothers Rousseau. Yeah, you know we. we- I They're not the going to sleep are... with you, Liam. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe for people listening, it's so weird that we spent an hour talking about the writing of an action film, even though we're an action podcast. But yeah, this is part of the totality, the whole, the whole thing of it all. It's part of what we're trying to do with deeper action film. But now the direction, Sam Hargraves. Oh my God, I want to talk about the the one or the the dreaded the the, the Bollywood one take, twenty minutes long, 20, whatever the fuck it is. Doesn't matter. It's great. And part of it is for me is that um so the whole thing is the actual the titular extraction is this whole one take it's them this Hemsworth going to rescue uh well his I guess sister in law I guess I, I don't know how to describe it yeah his ex wife's sister is in trouble with the uh, Georgian mafia dudes so he has to go get her out from uh, the prison that she's been trapped in uh, by not by her by the um the crime boss as well so the actual full extraction itself is this one take scene. Where it's for everything from the infiltration of the prison uh, to the actual violent encounters inside of it to getting out to the actual chase after the fact on the train. That's all one unbroken, quote unquote, unbroken state. Now, obviously, obviously, it's all like stitched together with digital, you know, effects and all kinds of special effects. But it just as a as an experience, it totally works because it's so propulsive and it's so cohesive. And I think one of the impressive, thing, impressive things about it is not just that it's not just here's a camera that's following them along and not breaking from the action. It's that um, I think Hargrave is able to, what's the word I'm trying to use? It's a dilation. You could say like a time dilation or also like a visual dilation. He's able to expand and contract the scope of the action to fit the scene. Like specifically, like uh, going from, there's a part where he's inside the cells. So he has to fight all the goons coming out of the cell. So this is like this, this one like close quarters, like a gunfight, the first, the first shots of the fight. But then, so it's really tense really tense, compact, close quarters battle, CQB. But then that goes right into the courtyard. See, so you see in the, in the uh, trailers, courtyard battle, the whole wider expanse of all the hundreds of prisoners versus the guards and the, those, those three court in the middle. And the end of, I guess, the frame of the of the camera perfectly expands that, that width of what was happening while still being intimate on, on Tyler Rake and the characters. Like, it's a very... It's not just the camera staying in one place. He's able to take the totality of what's happening around them and make it cohesive, make it make sense. So, so even then, from then to the, to the to the from that riot scene back into the underground and to their escape, it, it, it closes in again, and then again the, the finale of all the train scene 
it, it widens up once more. And even even within itself, like a, because he has battles within the train cars, then he goes on top to the roof or to the side of the train and it expands once again the, the field of view to see the helicopters around them. Like it's 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 alive. It's 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 not just the camera moving, it's the way almost like the set pe- the composition is moving with the camera. It's a very it's really unique kind of technical stuff going on here that it's not just I'm gonna shut my ass to a car and, and chase the car around the camera. No, it's like a whole like orchestra. It's like, not even that, it's like a whole like it's like a whole naval maneuver. These different ships when they're close to the horizon going on. And he's kind of he's he coordinated them all. It's just the strategic, strategic like placement of the actors, the camera, and the set pieces around them. It's all working unison. It's not just this, I'm gonna not cut the camera. It's not just like that for sure. It's so much more than that. I really appreciate what he did with here. I, and I, I mean, I'm looking forward to so much to him either doing it again or doing whatever whatever other tricks he has up his sleeve. Hargrave was like Hargrave is a real deal. He's a real fucking deal. I think that that whole sequence feels so so much like you're moving through space. Like some winners, I mean, like you said, kind of stick on one person, stay with it, and so it's cool because it's a winner, you know. But it's just it's here, 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 whatever. This whole sequence does feel like you're you're physically moving through this movie. You're moving, you know, across geography. Um, and the like you said, the camera does a good job of you know focusing on Hemsworth, but then shifting over. Even some of the prison, uh, 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 the, the yard scenes when she starts getting dragged away. Um, the focus is able to kind of move you around in ways that, again, it, it does feel alive. And I think, again, even some of the wonders that I like from past movies that I, I think are great don't necessarily have that energy. And this just just does. Um, and e- each transition, like, you know, into the, into the car, out of the car, into the car, onto the train, it just, it, you, you definitely, you, you kind of feel that momentum, um, like, in your bones watching it. It just is. And every time, like, like I think you mentioned earlier, I mean, some of these transitions, are like, oh, yeah, digital, here it is, here's the, you know, here's the seam, here's this, whatever. Who cares? Just every time it did it, especially on that train one, when they're going in and out, um, I, I just was blown away by it. I mean, I was just cranking the volume up. I was just, you know, getting closer to my TV. I'm just loving it. It's fantastic work. I, I like that you guys pointing out the transitions because it, it's, it's, it's not so much that it's a digital shift it's that it's creatively done and so i think a lot of the transitions are just really good shots you know and and they continue to tell the story and it's a little bit like what mike was saying with uh with john mcfour is that they they don't use the same transitions over and over again you know they're using different tricks and and kind of different ideas and different compositions to get through all of it and watching it in the theater they said it wasn't wasn't a packed house but you just kind of like keep holding your breath a little bit more the longer that it goes and then at the very end when it finally cut i just was like and and everyone else joined in which it's not like uh the dga is like not not the the most interactive of experiences but it was just like fucking hell like i I can't believe it you know you know a lot of um you know movies like like a friend of the show james nunn scott atkins one shot you know it's just such a smaller budget they would they would kill to have a train you know in a train in a one or really does get it it helps so much because you're on an already moving platform that's speeding through so there's so much dynamic you know cinematic shit happening in it um so yeah it was it was fantastic well i'm actually glad you brought up one shot liam because that that you know everything you guys were talking about i actually as i was watching this i kept thinking about one shot favorably first of all what a great day yesterday to watch extraction two and the one or slash tour in John Wick four in the same day. Like, like I was feasting yesterday. Like I was just 
high, living high. But I think none, even though you're right, very much a lower budget, but I think there's something structurally and stylistically that they do very similarly that makes both of them work so well, which is the way they hand the camera off to different characters throughout the wonder. And so, like like Vice said, it's not just a camera strapped to one person. It, it, it's 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 a camera strapped to the story. It's a it's a camera strapped to the narrative, and the, the camera is moving where the narrative needs it to go. Um, and I, I thought one of the brilliant things in the wonder in here was when they shifted. I can't remember what the cameras are called where they're attached to the front of you, and they get the weird like thing. GoPro. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, the snowy cam. Yeah, like the, yeah. But yeah, when it switched to that, and you know, seamlessly, like totally switched from a, a, a standard, you know, red or whatever they shot it on to that GoPro. And and only that, for like ten seconds too, which is like perfect for that scene where he's just stunned. It just is. It works perfectly. Then it's back out of that again. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. There's a propulsiveness to this that there isn't, I find, in a lot of oneers that are just oneers for the purpose of being oneers. Um, you know, another movie that I actually think does it really well that I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show or not. I don't think the movie's perfect, but the way they use the oneer is very similar. Uh, is uh, one called Bushwick with Dave Batista. If you guys haven't seen that, uh, Rob's laughing. Do you not? I take it you don't like Bushwick. Please, please proceed, Mike. <laughs> no, no, I just, I thought, I thought the way they used the water was good. I don't think the movie's all that great, but I thought the way they used the water was pretty good. Um, Cause I'm normally, I kind of roll for as much as I talk about wonders, I tend to roll my eyes at them. Um, you know, um, like for example, the man from Toronto, the worst <laughs> wonder that's ever been foisted upon human eyes or, or my opinions on the, you know, cinematic Carter. crime against humanity that is Carter. <laughs> um, but like this is so propulsive and so well done. And and it comes down to, I think, planning and execution. This is so well thought out and vice. I think that's that goes to what you're saying about Sam Hargraves being legit. Like, like there is a talent level, an eye to him, and an eye really to all the 8711 guys, not just Chad and Dave. You know, uh there's an eye to them. They they do stunts, they think of stunts like filmmakers. And so when they're crafting these action scenes, they're they're not just thinking about how do I do this stunt or how do I do that stunt? They're thinking about how do I do this stunt in a way that also narratively looks terrific. I mean, you can even go back to, to Wolf Warrior 2 to see, you know, for those who don't know, Sam Hargrave did the action direction on Wolf Warrior 2. Um, you can go back and see even then he had the eye. I mean, there's some stuff in that, that that's, that's terrific looking. Um, so yeah, this is... This is what happens when you have actual talented people with an actual budget to plan and execute a vision. And, and that's that's the best way I can describe everything action-wise in, in Extraction 2. It is an exceptionally well-executed vision. Um, I will say, for as much as the Wonder School, I think the assault on the safe house actually works better. Uh, I think the assault on the safe house is like gonna be maybe my second favorite action scene of the entire year i i thought that was just terrific i i have not seen behind the scenes stuff on how they did the rooftop but uh obviously there's got to be comps there but i thought the sky i i wonder if it's on a back lot and there's a lot of real sky behind them but th there's a lot of there has to be a lot of green screen in that scene but i thought the comps look great like it's usually even at the script phase, when I like I'm talking to people 
And they're like, and at the end, we're going to do a, a fight that's going to be like on a helicopter or something. I'm like, it's just going to be all green screen. It's going to look like shit. Let's just do something different. And I, I've, I've been steering away from doing stuff like that. And so seeing that um, whoever did the VFX or I, I'd love to actually see how they did that, that, that glass rooftop fight, because I really thought the shots looked fantastic on the big screen and it wasn't a blurry, you know, uh, bad key mess of of green screen and, and bad rotos on hairs and shit like that so um yeah i i really like that scene as well plus any any scene that reminds me of coolio and mark dacascos fighting aaron kwok in china strike force on a on a glass <laughs> uh on a glass sheet uh high up is is gonna get thumbs up in my book rob what were you gonna say I'm just gonna say that I mean this is a, a very very brief detour from the the action focus here but that glass rooftop uh sequence when it start kicking off with uh, Farhani's character slowly sliding down glass, to me it's I mean it's in the middle of a, you know a big ongoing action scene, but I love that beat like it's just so much because it does great story and character work without dialogue, just the slow slide his his look to her in the middle of this whole big action extravaganza um, is so effective about the relationship and about like you know the, the need he has to you know to get to her blah blah, blah. and then yes the action continues and everything's great. But I, I just, I love that moment because it was not even a pause because there's still action happening, but it's a visual pause. Again, that slow slide, you know, to, to the edge. I, what, I just, why is that slow slide so relatable and strange? I don't know. It's something about it. Like, as we've all been on a surface like that. And so the, the and way like, it just starts sliding, you're like, no, oh, there's something she, about she's, it. She's out. She's like, she's like all cold almost. She's like, not yeah. even like conscious. It was like, like wake up, bitch. Like, it's like, you gotta get up, you gotta. <laughs> Like get up, Creed, you know, like that kind of thing, like that kind of like, like get up, you know, you're like we're to like wake up and like you know, you're banging on the chair, like you gotta get up. And it's just like, oh my god, and it's just it's just so beautiful looking I just like to see your face, like there's this slow style, like like see like see beauty in action film on a on a ceiling or a roof, long short death. Oh my god, she's so fucking hot. <laughs> um I, oh okay, so here I wanna we gotta give a shout out to the the, the henchmen. Holy shit. Now this is the thing. Immaculate hootery of this film. It's one thing for Hemsworth and the, these uh, action white guys to shoot random goons and you know whatever. Um, part of what made the first section was Ronnie Pudo. Like he, he's like the uh, just as powerful as Hemsworth. They had the whole fight scene. Here, the goons, the fucking oh my god, they're like they're like Metal Gear stormtroopers. They have like they have like the super armored gear on, like the black mask. They like fucking like 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 the cold reapers, or whatever. They look like super villains, and they move so. Beautifully, like uh, so. Part of the well, I guess I, I said on Twitter, this movie gets a full star off because the god Lady Burnhart only gets like two scenes. <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't get a big like a big giant action sequence. But I think it's to a better effect because like it feels like he's more like letting the other the other stunt professionals and athletes get get their shine, go toe to toe with the, the, the actors and have great action sequences. Uh, one of them, uh, I, I didn't get the name of all of them, but one of them in particular, uh, Megan Anderson. I believe she's like a former UFC fighter. She's on one. Of, she's one of the main female henchmen. She has a great like a uh, stairway gun fist fight with Adam Besant. Where like they're going at it hard, and then they have to, like it gets like a, it's like, it's like a drawdown. They have to shoot whoever gets the last shot or the first shot to the head wins. It's such a great sequence. Like, like they're they're all going so hard, like and they all eat all the goons have their various like skills. I guess they're like mini bosses. They're almost like they're like Transformers Decepticons, but like you can tell who they are. Like, like there's a one yeah. big, like one big, like boulder ass looking dude who's like a fucking. He looks like huge. He looks like a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. He, he's huge. 
And then there's the, the, the ponytail guy. There's like the, the, the slim kung fu guy. Like they have these little like they have their, their personalities through like what they look and their actions too. And it's just it's just that's it's just like top tier immaculate henchman goonery. I love this shit. I live for this shit. Like if you're gonna have an action movie, you gotta have some good ass goons. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing here? It's like it's it's oh it's beautiful. Love the goons. Love them. Oh. I, I feel like these goons were more like henchmen. Uh, yeah, they, no, seem yeah, like, right. they seem like true believers to me yes, in this one. Yes. So. <laughs> and, and, and they say it, they, they say it such too. Like they, 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 yeah. they say like, we have uh, the what, brotherhood or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're yeah. totally right. They're like, yeah. full on hench- For those who hench- don't know what Vice and I are talking about, the difference between goons and goons are, <laughs> goons are hired guns, henchmen are true believers in the cause. Yeah. So they, yeah. they felt like. Hench for life. Yeah. yeah. Into yeah. death. <laughs> um, Oh, I speaking of speaking of Bernhardt. So I didn't notice it when I saw it. Not to keep talking about John Wick Four, but I didn't notice it when I saw it in the theater. But I damn sure noticed Bernhardt's biceps this time. <laughs> like he 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 popped up on the screen, and I'm like, oh, I know that I know those arms. That's fucking Bernhardt. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it's just, I've seen it's those just a one shot cameo. It's yeah, amazing. I've seen those arms flex in person. Well, I guess in person over Zoom. I I recognize those arms. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Rob, any, any, any other thoughts on the action here before I kind of want to do, we talked about it a little bit, but I do want to transition us into the cast a, a bit more here, but any other thoughts on the action? Um, I mean, just, just, we were pretty much covered it, but I, I do think, cause there's, so there's pretty much what three, three major action pieces, right? You know, you got the opening one or, or the early one, or you got the, um, the assault on the high rise there. And then you have the ending at the airport, right? Um, I do think like, obviously of the three of them, the ending one is, yeah, arguably the weakest, obviously. Um, but it's it's because of the character elements is probably what you're going to get to in a moment. But because of the character elements, though, it doesn't feel like you're deflated in that last, you know, 20 minutes or whatever, because you're still riding on the high of what's come before. But then also you're you're still on this journey with these characters that you've kind of like, you know, got, gotten into. So um, I, I just think those first two action scenes, though, are absolutely, you know, tops for the year. Um, even if the, you know, the rest of the movie, the, the big one at the end doesn't quite you know match them. But no, I, I just think that, I mean, both of these scenes that we're talking about uh, succeed because they are energetic and immersive. They're not just, you know, capturing, you know, cool choreography or this or that. It's everything come together, you know, to your point earlier about the 80s stable 11 aspect of it, just everything coming together, not just, you know, stunt professionals looking at things um, as filmmakers, but also a filmmaker, Hargrave, looking at things as a stunt professional. I think it works both ways. Um, and it just is, again further evidence that, you know, these are the folks that should be directing action movies because they just know what they're doing. Yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say, Mike, I, I do think that the ending again, maybe I'm just continuing sticking up for the writing of this movie, but I really did like that. He took it to them at the end. Um, I, I, I felt like uh, if, if, if there was a raid on the cabin, I, I kind of, I think that would have been a little just repetitive and deflating. And I, I really liked the beat there. I felt like it, it gave me energy in the theater when all of a sudden he's just like fucking bombing out their planes and going in. I was like, oh, motherfucker, he's he's going in. He's in, in the, the, and and uh, the villain who we haven't talked about uh, that much, the actor, I thought was fucking fantastic. And he did such a good job being like, I kind of fucked up, but <laughs> I, I got to keep going through with this. And and uh, I did think that the end fight uh, felt like very much what Vice was calling for more of. It's a, definitely a Vice-ass fight where it's like very gnarly and nasty and they're just fucking fingers are getting broken. And it was like, 
I don't know. To me, to me, that, that it was quite effective from a character standpoint, and it ends with this really awesome overhead shot that is perfectly going into the thing. And, and uh, you know, uh, Joshua and I both like who who didn't holler at the very end of that. The I don't know. Punch made, line. The yeah, yeah. the punchline. So again, we're in spoilers. The the punchline is just. I mean, it's Chef's kiss. You know, the the. I'm never gonna stop. <laughs> Bang. I mean, I, I like I I the smile on my face. Um, the thing I, I do like about this last fight, because I agree with you, Rob, from a from a technical standpoint, it's it's definitely much lower scale, you know, but I think that was smart because after the one and the assault on the high rise, had they tried to go even bigger, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know that it would have necessarily worked, you know, you, you get it, it actually in a lot of ways kind of reminded me of of. I'm drawing a blank on what it reminded me of, but, but I was thinking about something like war actually, as I was watching it, the way war just keeps escalating, you know, Indian cinema, very well known for continually escalating. And there does reach a certain point where you're like, Hey, I, I get, I'm kind of good now, you know? I mean, even, even the John Wick movies typically have the sense to end with a one-on-one -on -one kind of fight. And so I really liked that this one did. And I do agree with you, Liam. I love that, you know, Hemsworth just kind of fucks him up with the gr grenade launcher for the first part of that. But um, I don't, walk away from the movie talking about that final scene the way I talk about the other two, mm -hmm. which I don't no, want to put words no. in your mouth, Rob. I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Right. That, uh, agreed. Yeah. yeah. But I, I gotta, oh my God, the, the villains, uh, so yeah, mentioned before the, the two villains, like, um, and that scene, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that um, there was this like stupid joke online where like uh, the guy's name from the first movie where the character's name is Tyler Rake and he kills somebody with a rake in the first movie. People are like, this is so fucking stupid. So I love that in this movie, it was like, Hargrave was like, oh, really? Somebody gets killed with a shovel, a pitchfork, uh, a, uh, what, is, what is that? The, the horse's uh, reins, and a box of nails, a box of rusty nails. Like all the farm and wait, you gotta mention my favorite one, of course, the fucking prison dumbbell just <laughs> smashing someone's skull in. I was like, you've got me already. He just grabbed a fucking nasty old, you know, rusty prison dumbbell and smashed a man's face in with it. This like, is cinema. And, and, like, during the riot scene where he's, he's escorting his uh, sister-in-law, whatever, he's like, uh, whatever you do, just stay close to me and keep swinging this. Show the shovel. He's holding the fucking shovel. <laughs> like, there's all kinds of farm implements and tools used to full carnage glory in this thing. And, like, he's like, it's just like, but it's like, it's, it's part of the joke. It's like, he's like, he gets it. He's self-aware that People are like laughing at this, but he's like, that's why it's so funny. He's like, yeah, yeah, you laugh. I'll say something else. And he does it. And it but it, but even it works, even though it's like a fun little sight gag, it works so well as an actual character or actual uh story beat moment. Like, you know, when he first when he first kills the uh husband slash the younger brother, like and, you know, they're like that's a she you know, kills him with the shovel, but it's like uh that's her freedom. Like she's claiming her freedom by getting out of that stuff. And then, you know, at the end, and like, it's a box of nails. That's just nasty. That's just, that's just some nasty work. Here's somebody with a box of nails. Like, who does that? <laughs> there's, there's, I couldn't help but think there's, speaking of friends of the show, there, there's an almost Timo like level of glee in the mayhem in this movie. And, uh, and I, I fully appreciated that. That was kind of one of the things I thought the first one, it, there was, 
there's a sense of as serious as this movie is, there's a sense of fun to it in, in a uh-huh. maniac way that the, I didn't feel like the first one had at all. No, um, the first one's a, I got a little bit more, it, it's a little more of that arty vibe. And yeah. I can see why it, it rubs people the wrong way, but you also have David Harbour. So there's good stuff in the first. Yeah. One. The, the first one also though, the only thing I missed in this new one from the first one was um, kids getting offed and like knocked around and, and <laughs> thrown in the walls I, I love that in the first one. I love the villain tossing the kid off the roof. I love the whole scene where Rake just like tears through a whole bunch of street urchins. I love that stuff. So I, I missed that this time around, but um, it yeah. you know, made up for it in other ways. Yeah. It's pretty insane that there's two different gym slash fitness equipment, uh, you know, action scenes in a movie. Uh, you Of course, so we already talked about the prison dumbbell, but then the, 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 the glass uh you know rooftop battle is then him beating the shit out of buddies through like a really uh you know high class fitness center which has well, the great it, treadmill it shot it's, a, it's a, um, a rehab center because it's in a hospital which is like i don't know i'm re- this is me really galaxy brain take you know at like the beginning he's like you know again the movie's like he died but he got better so the first like 10 minutes of the movie is him like recuperating <laughs> so yeah, the whole like the whole montage of him like doing like all the uh strenuous uh, physical therapy stuff to like learn to learn to walk again or whatever. So you see that. So then you see him in the woods doing the pull-ups, whatever. So I, I do, I do like that. It's even though it's 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 there for the mayhem purposes of the uh, tools around the 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 danger inherent in a gym. But also just a nice little like a thematic touch, like you. Know, he's back. He's fully back in action. Now he's he's recouped, ready to like murder everybody else. Yeah, it's like he's like the coup de grace of him against the goons. He's all you know. He's all fully PT'd up, and now they get to say something he's like. The guy gets killed with the fucking squat rack. <laughs> it was a nice little Jackie Chan break in the middle of all the carnage too. Just like playing around with all that equipment, it just was so well, you know, crafted. Yeah. I just love it. Oh my god! So, so I, I actually did do this. Uh, this is not a bit. I did do this after I got done watching it. I rewound it to the training montage in the woods and put on my uh stereo hearts on fire and i gotta tell you it plays it it sinks it sinks nicely <laughs> so, um, but there, you- there's a very deliberate sort of lack of vanity in with hemsworth in this one because i think you know very smartly managing we talk about like wanting to be a movie star on this show and and how you have to kind of cultivate or manage a brand but he also he got so fucking jacked on the last Thor and there was so much of him kind of naked and shirtless that like, even in scenes where you, you'd think he would be like in a, in kind of a better cut t-shirt, he's in like double XLs. He's, he's just like, there's like, there's none of the vanity. And I think, I think it works for this movie. So that's why it's like, you know, the opposite of Stallone who is never, never going to find a moment where he's not going to get them, get an arm pump in. Uh, there, there's just kind of a, it, it does, it does like feel somewhat different. And I think it was a smart move, even though I'm normally the person that's like, where's the tank tops? I thought this was the right move for him career wise. Well, and we've, we've talked about this before, you know, in spite of Thor, Hemsworth is really skinny. I mean, he is a, he, like his natural body shape is tall and lanky so it, yeah, it's kind I mean, of cool. still with shoulders shoulder frame of like a fucking sure. god though sure so. yeah but yeah. i mean that that big pump that he is in thor he's just not that in any other movie and i like that he didn't get that for this because i gotta be honest with you i think a character like tyler rake would have a body a much leaner not that i demand 
physiological realism in my action <laughs> movies, but I think a character like Rake would have a much leaner, much more cut, you know, type of type of physique because he's probably not powerlifting, right? You know, he's right. he's doing shit like he's doing CrossFit you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's doing CrossFit stuff. Yeah, he also died, so it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Also, yeah. he died before. This is, this is the perfect. There's so much pre-writing. Next films, it doesn't get better than that. I, died, I, I love too better. doing the just doing the debt collectors thing and just being like, yeah, he died and he's back. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, no, I I get we get the hospital scene and stuff, but but they really spend like no time on any logistics on how he gets shot through the throat and comes back to life, right? Like and, it's just and like, he's like in a fucking like dirty river in India. Like I'm sorry, there's yeah, they're Jesus no, Christ. No, yeah. I I just I love I love the brazenness of it because that's what we want out of our action movies. Um. I mean, they do hint that he was alive at the end of the first one. He, there's an out-of-focus yeah. shot yeah. of him at the end. But, yeah, I thought it was great. I love that this one opens with the same exact scene that the previous film did, too. I think it, it didn't work in the earlier film, because I hate the immediate rest business. But I, I love opening this one the same exact scene and then just continuing it instead of, like, jumping back in time like the first movie did. That's a Stallone special. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of speaking of uh, Tyler, <clears throat> the name Tyler Rake as well, I do think that Elba's line about that's just fun to say is, is a great <laughs> beat as well. I, I I, just uh, pitch perfect. Yeah, so it, I just uh, sorry, Mike, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, no, it is, it is, it is a good name. It's, it's a, it, it's got that, you know, it's, it, and I remember when it came out, you know, the first one came out, people were kind of making fun of it. And even then, I was like, no, man, this is clearly like this is this is Sam Hargrave's John Matrix, you know, like <laughs> like this is a this is a a a rock solid action hero name. It's fun to say it. Ro- it's got that one syllable. It just it rolls off really well. You rev up. You rev yep. up to the rig, Tyler. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. I love it. But yeah. also like when it like let's be 100 percent real. John Wick, when they first came out, he was like, this is a dumbass name. Is a candle? Like is a bit better works action hero? John Wick sounds like a dumb name, but now he's like now it's iconic. He just goes to show, you know, it's you gotta make it work. He makes it work. It's always confounding to me, like how you figure out the name title because you know I'm always brainstorming and it's always more of like an extraction type of title. But just you know, having the balls to be like, it's called Tyler Rake. Everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> it's definitely, but uh, you know, I I I yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that it is called that in some territories. I kind of prefer that name, but I also think if it had come out of the gate as Tyler Rake, people would have been like, John Wick wannabe. So yeah, I think the yeah. fact that it kind of didn't and maybe it's gonna morph into that will be interesting. Well, and I do wonder also with John Wick again going perfect example of just how special that first movie is. I wonder how effective his name is if they don't, if Michael Nyquist just doesn't absolutely nail it when he says that fucking nobody was John Wick. Like the way he says John Wick, like I walked out of the theater and that name was just completely implanted in my brain because of that. Um, Yeah. So, all right, Vice, you were going to, you were going to say something uh, else to the interest of of, of it all, like, or the, uh, the Netflix contractees, you know, they have all the, (laughs) Because he has the, the Luther um, TV movie that came out on Netflix because he got his BBC character and they, they bought him or whatever. I don't know who knows. But Netflix gives his, his money to these prestige stars. So he comes in like uh, as Nick Fury of Netflix. He's like, hey, let's have. <laughs> yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Yeah, movie's over. But now we're going to have more Netflix adventures. You win? That tease like, is so good. <laughs> it's so well, good. Badass boss. Yeah, it's so good. 
and I, and Who's I that? Thought, a gnarly motherfucker. Like yeah, I just yeah. perfect. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a nice mode to see uh, Elba in uh, in a big screen movie because like even you know what like Suicide Squad, but he kind of was like uh, a, a, a tougher to get your arms around character on purpose. Yeah. It's nice to see him kind of like I'm just gonna charm the pants off of you in these two scenes, and then it's like oh man, can we get a movie of that? So yeah, I'm I'm pumped for for I, three if they bring him back it as a two-hander considerably co-star or something would be great not to bring up that guardian review because i did scold everybody but one thing that really did rub me wrong was saying that elba was doing a cash in i'm like motherfucker no, i've, in. They I've said seen he phoned phoned it in. In. motherfucker i've seen hobbs and shaw i know what idris elba <laughs> phoning it in looks like this is not idris elba phoning it in like like this is him feasting for two scenes like this is good stuff here <laughs> netflix avengers it's gonna be yeah gonna, gonna get him and the gray man they're gonna, they're gonna it's gonna be a whole thing i love it i love it oh my god i can't wait <laughs> Oh, you know what they should they, the tv shows used to like i mean i'm i think some still do it now the ones that are already tied together but tv shows that were completely apart used to do those crossovers like you'd have like you know magnum pi and like murder she wrote crossing over and i I feel like that's a lost art and that is to your point advice that's a great opportunity for netflix to start bringing together characters from six underground you know to to the gray man to uh to the next extraction just like for fun kind of ensemble pieces i mean they'd be throwaways maybe but if you get the right people in there i mean that can be a lot of fun yeah, that's, that's a key distinction you mentioned. Like, it's not like there's a whole thing like the, everybody's trying to do a multiverse now or Marvel universe. No, no, no. Like, it's not, not that. It's like this is like it's how it used to be. Like, action heroes are just like beating each other shit all the time. Yeah. Like, just like just for the fun of it all. Not not, not middle, because it's yeah. like yeah, not because it's some like weird like a uh, contractual IP thing. It's just because it was fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely do, do do with more of that. That'd be great. <laughs> a, a very special A team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well um i i i i'm getting uh the the that my i did not get my father's day uh breakfast before and i'm getting text that uh it's it's ready and it's cooked so i am going to take my leave from you guys and uh I'll let you guys wrap up but i did want to thank uh rob again for coming on the show uh thank, thank you, you vice yeah, of course. Um, and I, I will give the island another watch. Uh, I, I will do my due diligence. I do remember the boat was sick as fuck. Uh, and 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 yeah, uh, I will uh, talk to you guys, I guess, all next week. Thank you. Love you, buddy. All right, guys. Cheers. Um, all right. So I think we can start wrapping up uh, this and, and talk about Wrath of Becky. But I we've mentioned her. I do not think we have given the appropriate amount of attention and love uh-huh. uh, to Golshifta Farahani in this. Um, you know, she's good in the first one, but she doesn't have nearly as meaty of a role in the first one. Um, God damn, she's terrific in this one. She is just absolutely stunning, I thought. Rob, what did you think? I, I agreed. I, I think I think she's great in the first one, but like you said, it's a very small little kind of like, you know, like, you know in and out kind of role. Here, though, she's in on the action, but this is what I like about it. We talked about already how she's already, she gets to kind of get dirty with the action. You know, that, that that's her fight in the uh, in the, the train engine. You know, great stuff. Um, plus, she's involved in other, I mean, she just is, is part of the action in this movie, you know, top to bottom. Um, but she gets that other character almost, too. So her, she is a great actor. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, anybody listening, um, about Ellie from 2009, she is just fantastic. It's, it's a nice, it's a little Iranian-ish uh, thriller drama character piece. 
but it is so, so good. And she is amazing in it. Um, and so I love seeing her in this, again, mixing it up with just, you know, fun action beats, but also just nailing the emotion, again, like Hemsworth, with with glances, with looks, with like, you know, pauses in her conversation. Um, just amazing. Yeah, yeah similarly, uh, she also like, she previously combined her like dramatic shops with her action beats, actually kind of persona as well. I think it was from 2017, I believe. Uh, Girls of the Sun. Uh, oh, a, yeah, great movie. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm make sure I get the date right uh, because it's like really important. Oh, well, basically, it's about um, yeah, 2018, excuse me, where she's actually, um, so part of the in the ongoing Iraq conflict with the ISIS, whatever, it was the Kurdish people in northern Iraq. So this this movie is about the um, this all-female Kurdish battalion of soldiers who are either like former captives of ISIS or they had whatever various reasons sort of revenge upon them because of what they did to, what he did to the people so yeah it's like it's like a full-on a hardcore war film but like a serious one of that because it's, it's a very uh, lots of tension lots of dramatic parts of it it's like a like a whole like escape sequence there's a whole extraction instead of a way actually that i think about it but it was much more like a dour realistic tone but it's still with the serious drama there's like a bit of like gun like guns blazing parts to it and she's like and like this is like I'm being I'm I sound like I'm exaggerating or being sexist, but I mean it like like a beautiful woman wielding a gun. This is like this is like that's the face of God to me. That's what cinema is for. Like that's what it looks like when you reach the gates of heaven. And here you have Gosuti Thorani, like one of the like the bit like we have to stress this. We're not just saying that she's like a good actor. Like so she's like a world class like like Oscar level like like fucking yeah. can film all that shit. Like she is it. She has the accolades. And she can bust guns. Like this and is like she can give those uh Sybil Danning lethal panther vibes. Yep. Yeah, like this is like this is like generational talent looking at here. And so I just love that she's here for like the world to like for the average Joe to see a fucking Netflix on Fire Night, you know. She's like this is like a goddess in the flesh busting guns and doing like knife fights. Like because she can't because she loves it. It's so great. This is what the movies are all about. Yeah, and especially like like, like, like we said before, like her um her like, I guess her like one uh maybe her big her big one take or 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 uh, uh, her, her big scene on the train with knife fight feel like it feels like straight up like a Timothy Hunter like raw like fucking like comes for us like when she gets stabbed one of the things that I noticed from all of her performance when she gets stabbed in that fight she lets out such a primal scream that like oh I was just immediately like captivated because it just it drives home you know it it, it creates a nice sense of stakes for these fights because you know. I will say, if I have a minor criticism, and it's a very minor criticism of the extraction movies, it is the amount of damage. I mean, it's John Wick levels of yeah. amount of damage that everybody yeah. takes here. But because they put in scenes, little scenes like that, you still get, okay, no, these are just really tough motherfuckers. Like, this shit all hurts. <laughs> like, this shit hurts them. They're not just shaking this off. They're just that tough. But, uh, yeah. She, that- she doesn't scream, she roars like a fucking lioness. I'm like, oh, like, it's like... To me, honestly, it's like the climax of the movie. It's like it's like like the almost it's like the better focal climax. It's like oh, like <laughs> it's so beautiful. And she's like, oh, she so yeah, this is like this is what it's all about. This is what, this is what movies are for. She's like this, love it. Oh, oh, Michael, oh, Michael, you want to? Oh yeah, sorry, I was muted. Uh, I would also be remiss. I, this is why I hate using my backup mic. Um, to not mention, if I didn't mention, it's not a good movie, but 2011, she is also in There Be Dragons with Olga Kurilenko. Uh, it's a, a Roland Joffe movie starring Charlie Cox and Wes Bentley. It's 
it's not good, but it's got it's got her and Olga Kirilenko in it. So I mean, you kind of have to watch. Yeah, it, it's Charlie right? Cox. That's a, it's a pretty cast. I'm yeah, it's out. it's a good cast. It's, it's Charlie Cox, Wes Bentley, Dugray Scott. But it's about it's about part of it's about it's during the Spanish Civil War. Part of it's about the founder of the Opus Dei, uh, you know church so it, it's, it's 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 rolling joffy you know what it is it's it's a it's a portentous and, and ponderous historical <laughs> epic but uh anyway um yeah she's she's absolutely stunning um i think that's that's we've given her 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 due props rob any last things you want to say on extraction um just just say one i do wish i had the chance to see it in the theater i'm up in the pacific northwest and it's not playing anywhere around me so I, I, if you do have the opportunity uh, like Liam advice, I mean, go, go see it in the theater. The movie just, just pops. It's just is it's a ride, and that's the way to see it. That said, like Mike, I also tend to avoid theaters because I hate the people there. <laughs> but, um, uh, so if you can't go see it in an empty theater, um, just you know, put it on the biggest screen you can and crank it, and uh, just get lost in it. Fantastic time. Well, here, Mike, um, sorry, Mike. Uh, I have to. Unfortunately, I, I'm gonna have to depart soon as well. My battery is off here. Good morning, I remember. Well, on site, in case you know, equipment is down, so I gotta wrap things up soon. So before I go, I just want to, uh, Rob, thank you so much for. You no, know, I I didn't get to say nice to meet you in the beginning, but I'm so glad to have you. Thank you, you too. Coming. Thank you for your sharing your time and your experience with us. Um, of yeah, course, and, 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 and I, I keep saying it. I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna say every time it happens. Whenever we get journalists on our show, it gives us credibility and credence to have real film journalists you know, to, on our show, especially their thoughts. Uh, it, it it gives us honor to have you on here. So I, again, I, I, you. I'm going to turn that back to you guys and say that you guys are real film journalists. I mean, you're, you're doing it via a podcast and then some writing as well, but I think you guys are doing, you know, just great work. So right back at you. I appreciate the praise. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Vice. Yeah. I, I think let's save. we'll say, we'll actually, we'll do the cold open with you, but we'll save wrath of Becky for like next week. So we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to wrap us up right now, okay, Rob, sure, unless, sure. You, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Me, I'm good. I'm good. You okay. guys are great. All right. Great time being here. So Vice, where can people find you? Oh, I'm on uh, Instagram. My face is looking hot. I'll post some more pictures of here, me and Maine. At the uh, gay pride parade and at the coffee shops, it's free. Don't be. I was walking around here in Maine, at Portland, Maine. I'm at, and I was like, everybody seems very gay and mixed here. This is nice. But actually, I, I literally walked to a pride parade. I didn't realize where I was. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but you know, everybody, everybody, everybody's pretty cool. But uh, it's, it's a cool town. Uh, I am on Letterbox. I expect this. So you see my review of attraction and some of the stuff I've seen recently there as well. And as always, until it blows up, I am on Twitter at Vicentus, talking all the shit. Rob, for reasons that I can't fathom, if somebody wanted to follow you and find your work, where might they go? Well, you can find me on Twitter talking about the great action film, Nobody. Um, <laughs> I'm a fake Rob Hunter. You can find me over at Film School Rejects, where I have a review of Nobody, the great action film. Um, and uh, I'm also on Letterboxd under Fake Rob Hunter, where I believe I gave the great action film, Nobody, a pretty good rating. Um, other than that, I don't watch you at my Instagram, so don't go there. Um, the only la last thing is, I, I, I believe I referenced uh, Civil Danny's Lethal Panther. It's the Panther Squad. I apologize to everybody I got in that title wrong. Just ignore me. It's early. <laughs> um, nobody likes you, Rob. I just want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Rob. Hey, I it, love you. It, it's a brand. It's a brand. <laughs> it's a brand. I'm going to keep going brand. with it. I, I love you. Um, thank you so much for joining us. 
Um, we are on Blue Sky now. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work, but it's A4E podcast on Blue Sky. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. Uh, I don't I don't want to give Dave's last name or where he works, uh, but he sent us an invite. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and so we are there. I haven't posted much yet, but but we will be. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hibachi Justice. Not Instagram. Fuck that site. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Hibachi Justice. <laughs> you can find the show on Twitter at A4E Podcast. You can find us at Linktree slash A4E Podcast. Uh, you can email us at A4E Pod at gmail.com. And if you have emailed us and I haven't gotten back to you, it's because I forget to check that email on a regular basis. So uh, sorry about that. I will try and be better. And uh, you're listening to us, so you know you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. All right. Rob, thank you so much. Vice, love you. Let's do it again next week. Peace. See you guys.